When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome everybody and Happy New Year. This is the first show of the year here for Sustainable Success with the Voice America Business Channel. Again, we are excited to kick off this new year, a new year of promise for more sustainability in your business. And again, you are in the right place when it comes to extracting solutions and new ideas and experiences and how you can make your business model, and your personal success more sustainable by tuning in here each and every week here at Sustainable Success. If you are new to our show, again, you can find us here at the Voice America Business Channel, also on Apple Podcast as well, and our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. There we've had uh, many great subject matter experts sharing the words of wisdom and insights to elevate and take your business and personal success to the next level. Today's show is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. Alumni Direct is a new social media community platform dedicated to bringing alumni together from all different generational types, an opportunity to rekindle old relationships or perhaps meet new people for the first time. This is a membership program, meaning it takes all the noise out of social media. No more of those annoying uh, notifications, uh, but an opportunity to now come in on your time to generate genuine and authentic relationships with the people you choose to share content with. If you would like more information about Alumni Direct, check them out at alumnidirect.com. That's alumnidirect.com. Well, we got a wonderful show planned to kick off the new year called Slash Your Spend. Yes, you know, we, it, it, when we look at expenses, this is one of the uh, major revenue and profit strategies that businesses can take in order to increase their revenue and profit margin. But we're going to be looking at Slash Your Spend from a software perspective. Yes. So those businesses that are using software, we're going to talk about that from, the, uh, from that perspective. And then today's subject matter expert and guest that we have is Jeremy Berger. Jeremy works in asset management, started way back in 2000, fighting the Y2K bug. And at that time, he set out to approach an, uh, an acronym, what they call ITAM, in a way that no one had tried before. He began combining data theory with automation and self-governance while consultants were answering tickets and running inventories when he began. The Pragmatic ITAM method grew out of the success of the experiment, and today companies and organizations hire him to implement better solutions and coach their teams to ensure the positive results are permanent. He is on the board of advisors for at uh, Nicor. He previous his previous roles before starting Burger Consulting included being a manager at Mercy Health, asset administrator at uh, Atos Associates uh, Enterprise SAM, J.P. Morgan Chase and so on. And while he's not traveling or uh, stare, uh, staring at multiple monitors, you can find him hanging out at home in Cincinnati, Ohio with his wife, his kids, and his two very large dogs. And without further ado, we welcome Jeremy Berger to the show. Jeremy, how are you doing today? Doing well, Chris. Thank you very much for the warm uh, introductions and uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. We are so excited to chat with you here today about you know, slash your spend. And, you know, that's the subject. But before we begin, let's do talk a little bit about, you know, you know, when I was giving the the bio about you and you talked about, you know, the that pragmatic ITAM uh, methodology, so to speak. Talk a little bit about that, because I always like to get the backstory and kind of the foundation to everything that you're going to be sharing today. Sure, sure. So um, the the genesis of the pragmatic uh, ITAM method uh, really came out when I was uh, still working as a manager for Mercy Health, the, the hospital group that you mentioned here in Cincinnati. Um, what we were wrestling with is um, a very thorny Microsoft Office 365 uh, uh, agreement the hospital itself had been kind of backed into a corner. They had gotten caught with a um, 
uh, in a uh, arrears. They yep. were using more of the software than they were supposed to, and Microsoft strong-armed them into an agreement. And the hospital leadership wasn't happy with the answers they were given from not only Microsoft, uh, the Microsoft account reps, but also the uh, value-added reseller who was supposed to be on their side. And so I was brought in um, after doing a lot more, uh, having a background more on uh, service management to try to figure this thing out. And that was where the the kind of the aha moments started to come together and realizing that there was a serious gap in how uh, most of my colleagues in this space approach the kind of problems that were causing this overspend that Mercy Health was trying to resolve. And um, to skip to the end, because you know, that's kind of the fun part, right? Uh, we ended up being able to find, uh, reduce that volume license agreement by a million and a half dollars. Wow. So that was about 10% of a $15 million three-year agreement. And we were able to whack that by 10% after about a, really about uh, four, four to six weeks worth of effort. That is fabulous. So, I mean, at that point, they, they, this, they had no concept or no clue that what you did, that could, that could be done. Wow. Correct. Correct. And, and the, the funny, the thing of it is, is that once we sat down with the Microsoft reps and started laying out, look, here's how we're using this software and here's how we can prove that we're using our software, they went from being very combative and very insistent that they knew more about this environment, this hospital environment than we did, to completely flipping the script. It's whatever you want, you got us, we're, 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 we were in the wrong, what can we do to make you whole? And, you know, in between the lines, please don't sue us. Yeah. So. <laughs> covering, their, covering their butt, right? Covering their arrears, yes. So, um, but yeah, but the, the funny thing is that, um, you know, um, from there, um, I was able to uh, tap into my um, professional network, some of the other folks that do this work around the country, and they said, you know, this technique on, on how you solve this particular problem can actually be scaled. And you should really try to pursue that. And I had a couple of people really encourage me to strike out on my own. How do you take this idea and distill it into something that can be not only repeatable, but transmissible, that you can teach other people how to uh, perform these reports, do these double checks, and then be able to renegotiate these license agreements and service agreements to their betterment. Because let's face it, you know, for something like a hospital, the IT department is a cost sink. Any, any dollar they can squeeze out of that cost center, they can redirect to patient care or employee oh, services. And that's where the hospital really starts to uh, uh, really appreciate the 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 benefits. So, no, I think that's that is fabulous because that is like I've always I've always considered cutting expenses. You know, a top in like in the you know there's I utilize twelve proven revenue and profit strategies, and and this could be in any business, and cutting expenses is one, and not just cutting any expense, but cutting the things out that that again you could trim away some of the fat, so to speak, that the things that mm -hmm. are that are kind of like you're spending money on, but you really are not using or it's not benefiting. And you were able to go in and really, you know, br really bring this to the forefront and, and even Microsoft not even realizing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and that just speaks to uh, the issue at hand, right? The, the, the really tricky bit, you know, that it's out there, you know, the fat is there and you probably have uh, some horror stories like that, but how do yeah. you find it? How do you know that when you start to poke that you're not threatening to cut something that's actually pretty important. And that, that is where the idea of the systemic thinking and the epistemology 
that is inside pragmatic ITAM uh, really comes into the forefront. And we're only now starting to see uh, other uh, consultants and tooling companies coming out with this sort of systemic mindset to be able to help their customers try to find this. But it's been almost 10 years now, and we still haven't even cracked the, uh, cracked the code uh, uh, and penetrated the market. So this is wonderful. I love I love the story and how this all came about and you know something that was kind of an experiment and now today it you know it's making a huge difference in in enterprises of various sizes and and you know and this obviously you know is you know what you do each and every day in your business. Can you talk about you know again you've already alluded to the fact with the example you talked about with the uh, hospital, the medical, you know, the me medical group, and how they've been able to take that, how they were able to reclaim that money back, and now redirect this into other areas that not only can provide better patient care because that's the most important is taking care of people, but also in this case could also you know help increase the bottom line for their their medical group. So, talk a little bit about again the importance of you know organizations you know, evaluating these things. And then again, feel free to talk about it from your area of expertise in the in, in the area that you cover in software. Sure, sure. So the the really important thing is to take a step back and try to really get to the the specific question that you need to answer. And whether or not you've got the you've got enough information and enough tools providing that information, and then how confident you are in your analysis to be able to say, yes, this, this is where we need to go. Those three steps um, sound kind of like wishy-washy, philosophical, navel-gazing. And too often, especially my clients, when I first meet them, when we first start to engage, they want to get to that end. They want that 10% cut, but they haven't learned how to run yet. They haven't learned how to walk yet. They haven't learned how to crawl yet, right? And those are those buzzwords that, you know, are actually really important. You have got to take a step and ask yourself, where can I find some of this data in order to get to that point? Uh, of where we're doing the cost optimization. Um, so from my work, from the asset management group, we find this data uh, in three areas. And how we found this, uh, we came up with this idea is that we had to ask ourselves very clearly, what are we trying to manage? When we say assets and we say manage, what do we mean by that, right? In, in a hospital group, it's, it can be pretty apparent there's some parts of the computer network that you might not want to touch, right? Um, maybe the radiology group, they have some very big equipment um, that uh, is, you know, sometimes proprietary. The hospital doesn't even own that. So that's not even their, their issue to run. On the other side, uh, remote telemetry. You don't necessarily want to do a scan of a IP range where all the dialysis machines are and accidentally turn one into a reboot while it's doing its job. Yeah. That would be, um, as one of my friends put it, that would be a resume generating event. Oh, yes, um, that would be. <laughs> yes. So, so in asking that question, well, what are we really trying to define here um, is, say, for example, the... Um, the actual computer network, what are the things that we want to talk about? And then we realized the next question is, well, who's already talking to those devices? Mm. And I saw a little note that came up, and that might be a nice place to leave it for after the break. Yeah, no, I know. Absolutely. We got about we got about three, two and a half minutes to break, but feel free to, you know, if you want to oh, elaborate, okay. and we could go right into more of it and, and after the break. Sure. Absolutely. Well, so what we realized, not to give too much away so that everybody that's listening wants to come back, um, and by the way, I put this into my book as well, what we realized is that there's actually already uh, tools that are out there and run by other groups other than ourselves that were keenly interested in what 
in asking the same question, what is in this computing environment? And it came from the service management group and the networking group and the cybersecurity group. And when we got those three folks together and brought them into a room and said, hey, we need to take a look at your data, that was when stuff really started to get interesting. Because for the service management group, they need to know where these devices are so that they can program them and set them set them up, deploy software, deploy patches, all of that stuff, right? The networking group, well, they've got to be concerned about who's got access to what. Right? Who's logging in? Did it, can they access this server? Can they access the record, uh, the electronic medical records? And if they're not doing that, well, do they need access to the procurement system or the file share system or marketing and all of their graphics? Well, and then the third group is cybersecurity. They can't protect that they don't know what's out there. So they're taking an inventory. They're running scanning tools and. Uh, uh, vulnerability scanners and port scanners and the like. But when we brought everybody in the room, I asked the next question, which was, if everybody's scanning the same environment, shouldn't our inventories match? Yeah. And that was the big aha moment. So then suddenly the cybersecurity folks realized they were missing IP addresses. They were missing whole segments from uh, that the networking group knew right where they were because they were seeing the Cisco switches and regularly yeah. going in, doing updates and making sure the ports are running. Wow. The login, the identity and access management group was constantly watching computers ping back and forth as users log in and out of systems. Yeah. But some of those systems, some of those servers are permanently on. Permanently, exactly. Let's talk. I want to get back to that because I know we got to go to break, but this is this is this is powerful stuff. And I and I hope yes. the listeners take note of your situations, whether if you're involved in this directly or not. This is important. We got to go to break. But when we come right back, we're talking about slash your spend more from a software perspective here with Jeremy Berger. And we'll be right back after the break. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. If you're just joining us here, we're talking about Slash Your Spend. This is more about from a IT software perspective. Again, for those that are involved directly in this area or not, this is an important show to start the year off, in, particularly if you're looking to control costs and put more of those dollars to work in other areas. So, Jeremy, I know, you know you're going to be talking here you know, soon here in, in a few minutes about you know, uh, asset life cycle. And, but before we do, I know you wanted to just finish off that story that you were talking about towards the end 
of the first segment when we had to go to break right there. And I just want to give you if you if you wanted to finish that and then share with us that, you know, about the asset life cycle and uh, when it comes to when we're looking at our software and so on. Sure, sure. So just to uh, to recap, then we brought three different groups into the room, um, the cybersecurity group, the networking control group, and then the service management group. Because what we realize is that every one of those groups is taking an inventory of our computing network. And if everybody's measuring the same network from their own perspective, we should be in agreement. And what we were finding out is that we weren't very, very, uh, uh, we were finding some really interesting gaps. But that was the impetus then. That gave us enough um, uh, runway to go back to our leadership to be able to say, hey, we're onto something. We think we know where we can't, where we're getting double charged. And we want the resources in order to finish pursuing this because here at the end of the calendar year, Microsoft would end up asking for a true up and we wanted to be able to say, hey, not only are we being overcharged, but it's by this amount and then have the data to back it up, right? And to get to that data, to be able to describe that usage, we needed to be a little more confident in what we call the asset life cycle. And from an asset management perspective, that is the description of the asset, be it hardware, software, switches, servers, you name it. Um, how do they behave as they get bought and used and disposed of by an organization? Now, too often, there's a lot of disagreement on what does it mean to have something purchased or in use or thrown away or in inventory, right? Most of you are in, and you're even nodding your head a little bit, Chris. If I yeah. say, what does it mean to have something in use? You're probably pointing at something and kind of vaguely saying, well, you know, it's like uh, meringue, uh, peaks in a meringue or, you know, uh, uh, pornography out in Ohio. You know it when you see it, right? Well, what we realized is we should be able to tighten up the reporting so that we can say definitively that if something's in use, we should be able to see it on a network scan. I mean, or see somebody logging into it from one of the network logs. And so what we started to do then was shift our perspective instead of just saying this kind of like, well, it's out there, we're being used. We defined it around each life cycle step around data. And so what we could do then is we knew the stuff that was in use because it would be scanned, right? But what about the stuff that wasn't in use? How do we find that? Well, again, it comes down to laying out the boundaries. Uh, we talked to our disposal system, uh, the disposal services, um, any good managed service provider will provide disposal services because there's such a risk of data loss if you let a hard drive leave the company without it being properly wiped and properly disposed, you put yourself up to a pretty good risk. With this particular, uh, at this particular job, we, we realized we were getting data from them. They were giving us disposal receipts. And it's like, yeah, and we've got, we, even so far as to say, we've got your back, Mr. Mercy Health. If as soon as we take ownership of those disposed devices or that abandoned software, we'll give you a certificate that says on this date, it's our problem. And that should be good enough to take to the bank. Well, then we sat down with our procurement folks and it's like, well, we can do a couple of tweaks. You, When we purchase uh, a skid of new laptops or uh, uh, a new software uh, SaaS or anything, we get a receipt. We know what the, uh, the purchase computers, those serial numbers are um, in the uh, advanced shipping notice. 
And we can tell you with relative uh, certainty when and where those things are going to be delivered. And with software, it can be kind of tricky uh, because you don't get that physical box anymore, right? Who, who uses physical media? When was the last time they handed you a CD or a floppy disk or a cartridge to install software, right? But we've got logins now to the provider's website, the portals that'll tell you exactly which purchase order, which invoice, what was the date that you owned it, that you should have it in possession. So just like we did with the data where we're able to build out this definition of the environment, we were able to build out a data definition of each of our lifecycle steps. And then what comes down to the very end, if we know it hasn't been delivered yet, and we know we've thrown it away, if we don't see it on the network, it had better be in a closet not being used, right? So we were able to model then, and this is where things get really interesting. We're able to model the computers and the users just from the patterns of data that are coming in and out of the networking system, the configuration system, and the cybersecurity system. And then things got really interesting because what we were seeing with this, uh, with this Mercy Health example is a population of doctors and nurse managers, right? So you can kind of close your eyes and imagine these are people that are seeing patients, they're wandering around the hospital, talking to folks, and then what happens? Well, this is the age of the electronic medical record. So they've got to sit there on yeah. their little examination stool. They pivot around and there's a computer right there in the examination room, right? Tappy, tappy, tappy. User has a cough, told him to turn his head, take two aspirin, call me in the morning. Tappy, tappy, bang, right? But what we were finding was these, these doctors and nurse managers, they were recording records. They were logging into the electronic medical system. They were sending emails to patients and to fellow doctors and to the lab for lab results and all of this other stuff. But we weren't seeing them log into their own personal computers. Mm. So now we've got a gap, right? We've got a group that is behaving in a very particular way. But yet, when we take that assumption and look at the Microsoft licensing agreement, we don't have that accounted for in our numbers. Now, this is where it gets a little brain bendy. So if I start going chasing a rabbit hole, I'm you know, <laughs> way flag me down, bring me back onto the rope, right? Because, you know, this is where it starts to get a little weird. Buried inside your Microsoft volume license agreement. And this is true today as it was back then. Um, what is it? Uh, almost uh, eight years ago. There is something called a client access license, a CAL. And basically, it is Microsoft's way of saying your computer that's in front of you or your device is able to talk to another device, like a server or uh, a remote station or whatever other service have you, database, whatever, somewhere else out in the network, right? Seems pretty straightforward. With the Microsoft Office 365, a user actually has five of those CALs. And the idea is that you've got a lot of devices that you as a user are going to want to use to access your data and access the corporate systems, right? You might have a production laptop. You might have your personal laptop. You might have your computer at home because you wake up at three o'clock in the morning and have this brilliant idea that you've got to log in and send an email to, right? Well, those CALs are supposed to cover that. There's another type of CAL, and that's a device CAL. And that's for the situation where just as one user could be using many devices, there could be a device that is used by many people. And that device still needs to be able to talk to 
a server or a database or a service or what have you. But it's not necessarily it's it's not necessarily assigned to a user. It's assigned to this device. Now, in Microsoft contract language, there is no difference between a user cal and a device cal in functionality, but it is in name. Only users get user cals and only devices get device cals. Now, you're probably starting to smell where there's some stinky fish out here, right? <laughs> How do you show that you've got doctors and nurse managers that are using, that are not using these cows that have been assigned to them that are part of their email in their Office 365 profile and instead are using these devices that are inside examination table uh, rooms or um, on those little mobile carts that everybody kind of wanders around. Um, Funny thing about nurse managers, they did not want to use iPads and tablets because they said the first time I've got to reach over and take a pulse, I'm going to whack the patient in the head. And then we have <laughs> a resume generating event. But we had all of this data. And from the configuration data, we were able to watch as computers were bouncing and their credentials, logging in, people were logging in, computers were logging in. But what we weren't seeing were these doctors and nurse managers ever logging in to Office 365 from a computer. We would see them send email. We would see them log in. But we wouldn't see them from a specific computer. Got it. So now by process of elimination, we're able to say, hey, this is how Microsoft defines a use, a, a CAL, a client access license for users. Here's what it is for devices. If these users, even though they've got an assigned CAL, if they are not using or have assigned any of their devices, they must be using these other devices in the network. So we have duplicates. We've got users that have CALs that they're not using because they're using devices that already have use licenses, CALs. And it comes out to the tune of about, it was, it was some incredible number. It was almost, um, it was the second biggest population of users in this hospital. And that's why everything went big in a hurry that almost 500 uh, million and a half dollars was divided between three years that's 500,000 a year each cal is about 15 18 dollars a piece so you can count up time you know 500,000 count that up that's a pretty significant population inside the user group the only way we were able to find it was because we went through this systemic process of defining our network, defining how we're using the, the software and the hardware, and then applying that data to the license agreements to make sure that we're using the licenses as, in this case, Microsoft told us we're supposed to. And that's where the money, all of a sudden, the, the problem was solved. We found the solution. And um, so, yeah, so um, in the end, we were able to walk our Microsoft account rep through this process when we went into our yearly true up and said, hey, these people over here are using cows like they're supposed to. These devices over here are using cows like they're supposed to. But there's this group here that is not following these rules. And it's costing us an extra 500000 every 12 months. Wow. Unbelievable. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, and how many organizations, Jeremy, you think, like, are just oblivious to that? I mean, probably so many in the, yeah. Well, so, funny enough, I actually do know this answer. Um, the uh, Deloitte recently released their annual asset management survey where they go out to about, and I think it's around 3500 uh, enterprise organizations, their, uh, interview their CIOs and send them a questionnaire. Um, the, it's 
28% of those CIOs said that they have a effective asset management program, that they're able to do these sorts of calculations. Wow. That is a small number. If you think about the worldwide problem that is software spend and management. Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And it, and I'm so glad that, you know, we're starting the year off with you on sharing this, you know, especially for those organizations that are, you know, this might be the first time they're kind of hearing about this and going, wow, never thought about it. You know, we have to look into this because this is so, so important if we're going to increase our, whether if we're, you know, we're, we're looking to increase revenue, our profit margin, increase our business valuation, whatever it might be. I know we got about less than a minute before the break. Anything that you want to like just close things up about what, what you just shared or anything that you'd like to add to really drive home what you shared with us? So one of the purposes of the Microsoft account rep or any software account rep, when you're dealing with, um, you know, these large organizations, they send you these, the, this representative to, you know, help guide you through the agreements. You got to remember, they're not really there to help you. Their paycheck is coming from the software publisher. Yeah. So part of their job is to convince you that they know more about what your organization is doing than you do. And again, like I said, too often we try to jump ahead and get to that end, the, the that yeah. great big number in, in cost savings. But we forget about being able to tell the story and find the data that then supports that narrative so that you Absolutely. can look back and say, no, no. We know more about what's going on inside our four walls than you do. Oh, You're absolutely. To us. Well, this is great information. I know you got more to share here as we come back after the break. We got more to come on Slash Your Spend with Jeremy Berger. We got to go to break, but when we come right back. We got more to come from him. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. If you're just joining us, we're talking about Slash Your Spend More from a software and IT perspective. We're here with Jeremy Berger. Again, he uh, runs an organization that helps or, you know companies in this space to save money and on their bottom line. And we has shared a wealth of information, not only providing us a backstory about the, how this pragmatic ITAM approach came about, but also, again, real examples and how organizations realized a significant savings in their IT software spend and how they were able to utilize that and redirect that to other areas to grow their business. So, Jeremy, I know that when we left off in the second segment, 
you know, a lot of times when organizations are looking to cut costs, they're looking at, you know, the bottom line. Okay, we got to cut, we got to cut costs. But before we look at that, we got to break things down. We got to look at the data, like you said. Can you go into a little bit more on that so that way they can see it as a process, not the, you know, even though the end in mind is great, you can't be attached to the outcome until we can embrace the process and the things that are going to allow us to really benefit from that outcome. Right, right. Well put. So um, one of the one of the issues that you've got to keep in the back of your mind when you are doing uh, volume license negotiations is that that account wrap that's on the other side of the table, and I alluded to this before the break, they have their own agenda. They 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 get measured. Their success is measured not just on you know how many accounts can they keep happy, but also what kind of things they can sell to those clients, right? And sometimes you've got to be really careful about how you approach your response because if. The last thing that you want to have happen is to get to loggerheads and then bring in the lawyers, right? As soon as you got to bring in the lawyers, that's it. Nobody's going to win. The lawyers are going to win. Uh, but how do you figure out better ways of getting around the problem so that you end up saving the most money that you can, not the maximum, but the most money that you can get the most utility out of the stuff that you're buying and the account rep goes along with it. And here's what I mean by this. So before the break, we had the poor Microsoft account rep over the barrel. We showed them that Here's the people that are using the client user client access licenses. Here's the devices that are using the device access licenses. And then here's these people that are supposed to have user client access licenses, but they're also using these devices. They have to be using these device client access licenses. Mm -hmm. So cut us some slack here. And we know that you have the ability to cut us that slack because in your uh, services catalog, you have a SKU specifically for software that doesn't, uh, uh, Office 365 that doesn't have these client access licenses in. So they get very apologetic. They know they got caught and they're like, okay, this is year one of a year three agreement. This is the first true up. We can give you the cut rate we can reduce the overall expected cost on year two and year three, give you a, a, a credit of 500,000 for each, but year one money's already been spent. We can't go back to our vendors and ask for that sort of refund. It's going to be headaches. There's going to be questions. And if you read between the lines, the person was basically saying my job would be on the line and I really don't want to get fired. So I was I was starting to think in my head, we were starting to get some pushback, and that's when the CISO all of a sudden jumps in. We're, we're actually still in, back in the day when you were still able to be in the same room with everybody, right? Remember those days? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the CISO, and the reason why he's in the room is because it's some of his data from cybersecurity that was used to build up this data narrative to find this cost savings. So he's got a little bit of skin in the game. And he jumps in and says, we were looking at moving our exchange servers into the cloud. We just had a data breach. So we would want the advanced threat protection turned on as well on this. What other services could you add on? Could we get the white glove treatment? We're a little on the small side. We can't quite qualify automatically for the five-minute response time. But could you make that happen? And the account rep was like, done. You bet. Whatever you want, we'll bring that in. And we'll give you that credit, and we will acknowledge that through the rest of the contract. 
So everybody came to agreement. We were smiling, shaking hands, everybody's friends, and paper ink got spilled and papers got signed. And the CISO pulls me aside in the hallway as we're breaking apart. And he says, you just got me a million-dollar line item for $500,000. That was going to cost me a million dollars for the next three years. And you got it to me basically for free. (laughs) that's a good day (laughs) so and that's the that's the thing where when software asset managers start to get into loggerheads and you start you feel that the competitive urge to really go in it's like how do you how do you squeeze these guys for all the worth well one of the things that i i tell folks when i'm when i'm uh as a consultant and i'm advising them on how they organize and how they do these negotiations you got to be really clear about what your goal is in the same way that we were very clear about what the network is and what does the asset life cycle look like and what's the data that defines the license agreements and can you build your story around that you need to have your a clear goal about what a win is going to look like and sometimes bottom cost is not necessarily the best way to win. As it turns out, CISO had his own agenda and he was quite happy with the results, leaving them as they were. It turned into a net zero, but he got all of this extra utility, all of this extra service out of the contract for the next three years. And then he can worry about building that into the budget later. Now, what I didn't realize while all of this negotiation was going on Microsoft was putting a lot of pressure on their sales reps to move people into Azure and into the cloud. So as soon as the CISO said, we want to take our exchange server and move it up there, those were dollar signs in his mind. He just now got a client to move to Azure, and that would actually end up getting him a bonus, even though he's got to deliver the bad news of, well, $15 million is really closer to thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> but on his paper, from his point of view, it actually turns into a win. And sometimes we can get blind to thinking about the win is just the reduction of cost when really what we need to be paying attention to is the services per cost How and those services over time. Mm. I love how you broke that down and, and, it, and it's – so important because I'm, I, I, me, I, a lot of things we teach at sustainable success is everything's a process and mm-hmm. you got to embrace the process one step at a time that, that leads to those results. And you, dem- you demonstrated that and it's so clear. And I think people get just get it in their minds. We got to, you know, they got to get the result, but they're not, but they're missing out on the things that could be adding up to even more, more savings in this case with what you've talked about here. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. And it's a tough lesson to learn, right? Yeah. Um, because again, that's how the lawyers make their money. Yeah. It yeah. is when they've got to come in. So, hey, let's just take a look. Let's be clear about where we really want to end up and see if there isn't an opportunity for us to both get there. And in this situation, which I still insist is more common than most people realize, there's a way to get both people to a win and to make the deal happen. But it takes a lot of work behind the scenes. Um, I remember, uh, you know, the old saw that success belies effort. And there was a whole lot of effort in building up those reports, getting all of that analysis done to finally make that presentation and than to be able to get into a position that you could renegotiate this little hospital of about 35,000 employees up against a multi-billion dollar software. I mean, they are the fang. They're, they're, it's Microsoft. That's exactly who you think they are. But it can happen. You just got to do the pre-work to get there. Yeah, so true. So true. Well, you have shared so much valuable information here today, and I definitely, we want to have you come back and, and either elaborate further in this important topic or, or you know, talk about something else that aligns with what you do in your day, your consulting business. 
I, we would love to have organizations that are listening, those that will be listening later here on demand, you know, reach out to find out more and, you know, perhaps on how, what they can start doing to, uh, you know, process, using a process that can determine where they can make savings on their software. What, what if you, I'd love to give the opportunity for you to share more about how people can find you, what you're up to, anything that you'd like to provide. And, and I wanted to say thank you uh, from everybody here at Sustainable Success for taking the time out of your time off because you don't get officially get back to the eighth being here on the show. Yes, it's been in. I unfortunately have been out in a way where there hasn't been much uh, network and cell coverage. So it's been very <laughs> difficult to coordinate. So uh, thank you for providing me with the grace to uh, uh, coordinate and be this first opportunity for the 2024. Um, so if any of the listeners want to reach out, uh, they can find our website. It's burgerconsulting.com, um, B O E R G E R consulting.com. And I know that is, it's a crazy German spelling, but look for the ITAM coach, I-T-A-M coach.com. And that'll get you to our website. I also have a book. Uh, every once in a while, it pops up on the bestseller list on Amazon called Rethinking Information Technology Asset Management. That's my publisher's title, not mine. <laughs> but um, you can find us. Um, I know it's uh, it's uh, in a lot of library catalogs. So your public library, love the public libraries. Do give them uh, a little bit of love. Check them out. Uh, but you can also find it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and wherever you prefer to get your uh, eBooks or paperbacks. Wow. Well, thank you so much. And we highly encourage everybody listening here to reach out to Jeremy. Again, look up ITAM, I-T-A-M. And again, we reach out to him on LinkedIn as well. And you, 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 you'll thank yourself for it in the long run, especially if you really take, you know, take your organization, regardless of size, to that next level. Jeremy, thank you again for being here. My pleasure, Chris. Good luck to you and to everybody else out there in Radio Land. Thank you. And listeners, we want to thank you each and every week joining us here the Sustainable Success Way. Again, we are committed each and every week bringing in subject matter experts like Jeremy in to share their words of wisdom, insights, and experience to help elevate your organization and take your personal success to the next level. If there is any content or any other subject matter that you would like to see on a future show, feel free to reach out to us at Chris at sustainablesuccess.net or chris at christophersalem.com, either one. And we'd be more than happy to get back with you to see about what we can do to bring in someone in that can provide content that's going to help move you and your business forward. Till then, everybody, have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next Thursday at 3 p.m. East Coast time, 12 noon Pacific Stand Time. And again, Happy New Year, and that may you have a prosperous year in 2024. See you next week. Thank you for tuning into Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have an incredible week.